Hey, before we begin, just wanted to let you know that uh, I'm a little under the weather, so you're going to hear me sounding funny, Matt's going to sound normal, but hopefully it won't impact your enjoyment of the podcast. Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story, and a little cold's not going to stop me from doing our annual bracket breakdown. That's right. That's right. Playing injured. Matt, let's start with a topic that you texted me that we had to get into, which is the bubble teams left out and something that Louisville, USC, some of the bubble teams had in common. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I don't know what you think, I I think um, that they left those teams out on purpose, maybe without thinking about it. Um, But, you know, the fact that Louisville, USC, and Oklahoma State, which, you know, there there were five teams that have really been directly implicated in this FBI scandal, uh, Arizona and Auburn being two of them. Arizona was an automatic bid. Auburn was, you know, an SEC co-champion this year, so they were not going to be left out. But boy, the other three teams got left out, and uh, you know, they they would never admit it. But I sort of think that there was a PR motive in keeping them out. Yeah, uh, it certainly seems that way. I mean, they won't. I agree, they won't admit it, but. The NCAA, it'd be a really bad look if all those teams advanced. It'd be, I mean, it is. I'll it let is. you in on a little secret. If my bracket's right, the NCAA is not going to be all that happy anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think they can only look. I mean, like I said, they weren't going to do anything, you know, outlandish. They weren't going to leave Auburn out. I mean, you know, Auburn was a was a cinch team to begin. If Arizona hadn't won the Pac-12 tournament, they weren't going to leave them out. But it's human nature knowing how PR works and knowing that these are, you know, 10 folks in a room who are very much invested in the NCAA and, and, you know, it's way of doing things that sure don't want this tournament overshadowed by that. And so if they can keep a couple or three of those teams out and avoid that story being in the limelight as much as they can, they can't totally take it off the radar, but you know, I think they, I think it plays in and maybe it never even was discussed. Maybe it was never said out loud. But did it affect their perception of those three teams? I sure think so. Because how does USC not get in when ASU got in? And, and you know, we're both very happy that ASU got in. The USC finished four games ahead of ASU in the conference, and they didn't get in. That's hard to believe. Um, how does Louisville not get in and Syracuse get in? Louisville finished ahead of Syracuse. Um, you know, it just it kind of doesn't make sense when you think about it. You said that it wasn't uh, something they would talk about. It certainly wasn't something that they would talk about on the new broadcast format. Um, no, no, certainly and, not. Yeah, and, and they'll never admit to it. None of them will ever be caught admitting to saying, yeah, we downgraded USC because, the, you know, but I think it's just human nature. I, you know, knowing how, knowing how people think about how perception matters, eh, this matters. You know, and if, you can, if USC was playing in a tournament game, you know, the, the lead story of that game, when you're watching it on true TV or TBS would be, well, you know, boy, this team fought through early season allegations and they had one of their top players suspended all year and they had an assistant coach arrested. Now they take that off the radar a little bit. Again, can't do it completely, but you can take some of it away. Yeah. Um, What do you think of the new tournament, uh, new tournament selection show? You brought that up. As an ASU ASU fan, I liked it. As a general fan, I'm not sure. It took some of the drama out, which yeah, I think is good uh, if you're a fan of a bubble team. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would say to do differently, if you want to build a little bit of drama, 
I like revealing all the teams at once. I thought that was good. But reveal them in seed order, you know, and rather than do alphabetical order. Because then you build drama to that very end of that, like, oh, who's going to be the 10s? Who's going to be the 11s? You know, who are those teams that may get in, may not. And you do it in alphabetical order, like, again, for ASU, it, you know, we knew right away, which was great. I was happy. But, you know, if you want to build drama, you know, you do the you do the automatic qualifiers and then you do the at largest in seed order. And so you come down to the wire and, you know, you start with your, you know, your uh, I mean, who would be, you know, Xavier and Duke and Purdue and the teams that, yeah, they're a cinch. They're going to get in. And you continue to build that anticipation as you go. Yeah, I could see that. The other thing I would do is I would not look. I like Barkley. I don't think Barkley telling me who his region is when they assign him a region does anything for me as a fan. Well, and, and I would say the same for Kenny Smith. I mean, I, I like both of those guys. I think they do a good job in the NBA. But they don't know anything about college basketball. They don't follow college basketball. And this is, you know, it's all a byproduct of, of the Turner um, connection that's been going now for uh, probably seven, eight years, I think. Cause, you know, we've had this and, you know, they want to get their folks on. And I, I get it, but. At the same time, you know, it ends up with people who really don't know anything about what's going on in college basketball this year, pontificating about it on national TV, and, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, can't Turner get, can't they be given Seth Davis or Andy Katz? Andy Katz is with NCAA.com now. Can't can't Turner's guy be Andy Katz? Well, I think Turner (laughs) wants their guys to be Barkley and Kenny Smith. I mean, that's their flagship show on the nba and i, I uh, you look, know, i'm I, not saying i don't get it i totally understand i just think it's dumb because i, I mean I they don't agree. air I, a college basketball game until the they tournament don't. they do not yeah yeah no it's uh and that's what i was gonna say when you started saying you know can't turn or have their own and you know they say well they they don't have their own college basketball people because they don't show any games you know there's no there's no regular season college basketball on tbs or tnt or or true um so it's a it's an odd dynamic, and you know every year it it's, seems like an odd fit. But it's uh, you know it's the thing that makes it a reality that we can watch any game we want. Which you know I I think we're now at the point where we're maybe taking that for granted. And I always remember back you know when I was a kid when we were kids, and you know you'd get that game, and especially if it was like Arizona was playing in the first round, so that game had to be on, and they would never take it off early. And, and you might see a score going on and like, man, all I want to do is go watch that other game. That's a, a two-point game with three minutes to go. You couldn't do it. Now you have that freedom. You lose the live looking, though. You do. You do. Admittedly, there is some <coughs> romantic notion of it lost. It's it's a bit like, uh, you know, taking a, it's a bit, or, you know, adding instant replay in sports or something like that. And you say, well, you know, is this good? I mean, I think overall it's good. But, yeah, the... the the buzz of, you know, and one thing I don't particularly like about this, but I get why they do it, is the staggered start times. Because what was always fun was, you know, four games would start within a half hour of each other, and they might, two or three of them, be finishing at the same time, and you had to decide which game do I want to watch. They don't have that anymore, so you kind of lost a little bit of that, like, man, there's three great finishes going on at once. That usually doesn't happen now. Yeah. But, uh, Let's uh, let's talk about ASU's opening round Dayton trip. Um, there was some good stuff when ASU got in, both Bobby Hurley jumping in the yeah. pool and Dan Hurley breaking down crying in the yeah, URI yeah, locker room. Cool. Yeah, 
yeah, no, I mean, that was, that was cool. And, and, you know, before we dive into the game, uh, I mean, my reaction, and I don't know, I think it was similar to yours. I, I don't, I wasn't going to be upset if we didn't go because, well, I wasn't going to be upset in the sense that I felt like we were wronged. Um, you know, I think, I think, and I would say the same thing about those three teams we talked about a few minutes ago, win more games and it doesn't matter. Just like Auburn and Arizona. I mean, you know, you lost double digit number of games. To me, you don't have that much to complain about if you got left out. Um, and you know, we wouldn't have had much to complain about. I don't think I would not have been enraged or anything like that, but I'm glad we're in, you know, it's, it's, uh, satisfying for just the third time since we, uh, started school up here in 2004 that we're in the tournament. So that's not to be taken for granted. Well, and I told you, I, I did not expect us to get in. I was very negative. I mean, I really didn't on Wednesday when we lost to Colorado, uh, you could, you know, tell from the tone of my text, I thought we were done for. Um, and, and then the, you know, just reading a lot of stuff over the weekend, you know, Thursday, Friday, and, you know, listening to people on TV, and I thought, well, you know, we seem like we're right there on the edge. You know, everybody's kind of got us just dancing right there on the line. Um, and, you know, every year there's there's teams that, you know, uh, people complain about the next day. Uh, why did they get in? And we're one of those teams, and that's okay. I, I can live with that, you know. Um, I'd rather be that than, than the opposite, where everyone's saying, man, that team should have been in, but they didn't get in. Because by Tuesday, everyone forgets that. And, and you just focus on the teams that are in. It's a nice 24-hour story, and then it's over. So I can live with Wilbon and Kornheiser saying ASU shouldn't be in. I don't really care. Um, their opinion is as relevant as mine, which is to say not at all. Um, the 10 people in the room thought we should be in, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, look, we've been the number one overall seed in the NIT. It's the worst yes, spot in college basketball. We have. Yep, so. yep. We, we've been the team that everyone said, you know, that team should have been in. So... You know, uh, it's what is it? Uh, the you know the line from Superbad that you've used a few times about you know we could be that mistake. Well, maybe that's what we are. Maybe we're this year's NCAA selection committee mistake. But that's okay. I can live with that. We're going to take on Syracuse. The last time we played Cuse was uh, in the round of 32 when Johnny Flynn eliminated James Harden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They both went on to be lottery picks and. One's an MVP candidate, and the other is not in the NBA anymore. It hasn't been for quite a while. So uh, their paths certainly uh, went opposite ways from there. It was not James Harden's finest hour. One of his worst performances at ASU uh, was, was that game after not a very good performance, even in the first round, went over, over Temple. But, yeah, it's a, it's a rematch, if you want to call it that. Uh, only one person involved with either program still around. I think it's Jim Beheim. Um, you know, obviously we've – we got a new coach now, and players are long, long gone. Um, but, you know, yeah, it'll be interesting. And for us, a uh, strategic, you know, dynamic will be interesting in facing a team that's famous for their zone. We have not done well against a zone this year, and yet we've seen it a lot. And so it should come as a surprise. I mean, we should know what we need to do to attack it because it's not going to be something we haven't dealt with already this year. Yeah, you know, that is – with the consistency of Bayheim comes the consistency of the two three and yeah. the orange have run it all the time. And usually when it comes tournament time and, and even in the regular season, they're playing teams that know that they run it, but don't see it a lot. Yeah. ASU starting in the conference season has seen a lot of zone and yeah, I mean, Colorado sent the template against us in the you know first full weekend. They did it and, and had some success and 
Um, you know, and not not to be ignored too. The you know former Syracuse assistant and former coach in waiting took over Washington this year, and we played them once. And so we've you know we've seen not only have we seen zone, we've seen a zone that's very Syracuse esque this year. And and so you know maybe that works to our advantage, maybe it doesn't, but it certainly isn't going to you know uh, it's not going to surprise us. I mean, it's not going to be something where. You know, A, it's not a surprise because that's what Syracuse is known for. But B, it's not going to be like, you know, when you face an option team and you think, well, yeah, we know they're an option team, but how do you defend it? Well, we, we've seen it. We should know how to attack it by now. You would think so. It's going to rely heavily on Lawrence, Justice, and Mitchell, whose last name yeah. isn't Miller, despite my text to Matt <laughs> earlier this week, um, playing between yeah, the yeah. two elbows uh, and along the free throw line. They've been able to exploit it. They've had moments where it's looked really good to lead to backdoor cuts and open threes, and there have been moments where that guy gets trapped and drops the ball. So Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and a, and a lot of it, is, as it always is against the zone, is going to come down to, you know, can you make your outside shots? And and for us, that's been a big, you know, dividing line of this season. We, we were shooting pretty well in November and December, and we ended December 12-1 and ranked in the top five. And then we didn't shoot well in January and February and March, and we went, you know, 8-10 and 10 in that span. Um, so, you know, if we can rediscover some of that shooting touch, you know, I think it's a game that we can win. I don't think Syracuse is that good. Now, I'm sure their fans are thinking, I don't think ASU is that good. Probably right. Um, you know, both teams are in the first four for a reason. If they were that good, they wouldn't be 11 seeds. But, uh, you know, I think it's a winnable game, hopefully, and, and then, uh, you know, I think TCU is a potentially winnable game. I don't know much about them, but I don't think they've been great. You know, they, they much like us, you know, were undefeated through December and tailed off as the season wore along. Um, and, and so, that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a run that I think we could potentially make. Probably the second round is probably our, you know, reasonable end point. But who knows? You know, we'll see where it goes if, we're, if we get there. I agree. Um, well, let's let's get there. Let's talk about the Midwest. God. Um, and I guess let's just start with the bottom half with us and TCU yeah. and Syracuse. I, I have the ASU-Syracuse combo advancing past TCU. Me too. Me too. Partly because it's, uh, you know, ASU. And, and partly because, you know, if Syracuse wins, again, some of the things we've said about them, they are a difficult team to – match up against because of the way they play defense they you know they're not that good but when you haven't seen it and admittedly i don't know if tcu's seen a lot of zone this year i I, you know i I haven't watched a lot of big 12 um so i don't know if they've got much experience with that but nonetheless you haven't seen them and that's a bit of a challenge so yeah i'm I'm going with the the winner there i just don't think tcu is really that good i was a little surprised they were a six seed it just didn't feel like i mean they were a team that, as the year wore along, I thought, are they even going to make the tournament? And they did enough to make it, you know, comfortably. But I'm not sure they were really a top 24 team, which is essentially where a, a six seed ranks. Well, what you and I talked about, um, not jokingly, but just almost out of surprise, I thought that'd be where Rhode Island was, and I thought they would yeah, be setting up been. for the Hurley's matchup. But and it, it uh, wasn't far. No, it was not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're right there in that same area to get that matchup is going to take some pretty significant upsets by both teams uh probably but you know it's possible in the sweet 16 i guess not likely but possible so below asu tcu you've got michigan state playing effectively a home game in detroit against bucknell um 
I've got, I got Michigan State. Yeah, I got Sparty yeah. there, and I got Sparty over ASU Syracuse. I do too. Yeah, yeah. I, again, that's why I say second round is probably the end of our run if we can make a run. Um, you know, you never know. I mean, obviously, if, if we can win two in a row and start playing like the team we look like in December, who knows? Maybe there's uh, something there. But um, I think Michigan State's a pretty good team and a team that, you know, I don't I don't know if you and I talked about it. I know I've, I've talked about it with others like – not really sure how Michigan State's a three seed. Like they won the Big Ten, um, and yet all along, as they were projecting seeds, I heard them as like a three or four. Like, am I missing something? Why is this team not a one or a two? They they felt like you know to me one of the best. You know, maybe the maybe the best team in the country. Uh, you know, probably their resume doesn't say best team in the country, but one of the top five, and that's that where they got seated. Yeah, on the bottom at the very bottom of the bracket. I've got Rhode Island over Oklahoma, Duke over Iona. I got Oklahoma over Rhode Island. Um, even though I don't think Oklahoma really should have been in the tournament, uh, I Rhode Island limped in. You know, they were playing really well about a month ago. And noticing a little bit, I mean, again, I haven't seen a lot of them, but they got blown out by St. Bonnie's in the regular season at the end of the year. Uh, struggled in the A-10 tournament. Even though they got to the final, they, they were down most of the semifinal game. Um uh, you know, did get beat in the final. Just don't think they're playing as well as they were. They seem like a team that was real dangerous in mid-February. Don't seem as dangerous now. Well, then you and I, here we have a vast difference because I've got Rhode Island upsetting Duke and going yeah. to the Sweet 16. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they did, although I do like Duke. But, I mean, you know, because it's Hurley's brother, I, I like him. And, again, I think that's why I've noticed because – in February, you know, they were ranked in the top 25. Like, man, this, this team, maybe they could make a run. And, you know, followed their results a little bit and just not as impressed toward the end of the year. They got, they got you know, beat badly in a couple of conference games. And just, you know, they, they just feel like a team that peaked early a little bit, like maybe, you know, Hurley's brother. Um, you know, and that's a lot of times what it comes down to. Now, Oklahoma did the same. No question about it. Oklahoma certainly peaked in you know December and early January too. Um, but I'm always wary of the team that everyone spends three days telling them how they don't deserve to be there and they shouldn't be there. Usually that team comes out fighting, and I think I think they pull off the upset. But only one. I got Duke going over them. So then you've got Michigan State, Duke. I've got Michigan State, Rhode Island, and, yeah. I, and I've got Michigan State to the Elite Eight, and then so do I. All right, and then we'll jump to the top half. Uh, do you have any 16 over one? I don't. I do not. Okay. I do not. No. Um, you know, if there was one to pick, I suppose you'd probably go with Penn because of the Ivy League and, you know, that kind of traditional underdog feel. But, you know, we, we seem to be getting further away from a 16 beating a one than closer. I mean, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you get maybe one that came close every day. You know, now it's every year they seem like routes. So, um, I think it'll happen someday, but I don't see it happening this year. Yeah. Uh, on this half, I go straight chalk. So I've got the Hall, Clemson, and Auburn. I took uh, I took NC State. Um, that's not much of an upset, but I took New Mexico State over Clemson. I think Clemson, uh, another team that's going to be kind of a recurring theme, team that looked better earlier in the year. One of their best players got hurt, and they haven't looked as good since. Um, Auburn's kind of the same. I mean, Auburn faded as the year went along. But I went Auburn in part because I didn't want to take both a twelve and a thirteen. Yeah, I took. I mean, I took Auburn. I, I think that they're going to be one of those teams who has a chip on their shoulder. The way they lost to Alabama, 
I think will True. motivate True. them, um, which I, I think only will get them to Kansas and then losing to Kansas, but that's what I have. Yeah, I've got I've got Kansas and Auburn again because I always hesitate to pick a twelve or a thirteen to win more than one game. Um, it happens at times, but not that often. So it kind of becomes like a hedge scenario. You know, you pick the one who you think might win, and then you usually end up picking the other. You know, either four or five, whoever's left. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a recurring theme for me. I think I did a couple other spots here on this. You know, in the four or five area, um, but I took Auburn. I took Kansas to get to the Elite Eight, and I took Michigan State to beat them and go to the Final Four. I also have Michigan State. Um, let's flip over to the West. The other one seed that ASU beat this year, the Xavier Musketeers. Uh, yes, indeed. That, Xavier's good. Xavier's real good. They are, um, but I, I, they were the one seed that, to me, I, I most quickly said, no, nope, not picking them. Um, you know, I just, I think... Uh, I don't know. I think they, they might have peaked early. Um, I think the Big East is not particularly strong. It's good, but it's not as strong as it used to be. Um, you know, it's just, you know, so much erosion of the top teams. Um, now that'll go against where I'm going further on when we talk Villanova. But, um, you know, I like Xavier and I've got him to the Sweet 16, but no further than that. Ooh. We're going to be different this year. This is this is a rare year where you and I are just completely divergent. Okay, okay. Um, so I've got I've got Xavier over Florida State, and then I've got Ohio State and Gonzaga with Gonzaga advancing. Okay, well, yeah, I got a few differences there. I got I got Missouri beating Florida State. Um, you know, I, Do you I think they'll work quarter in? Well, he played in the SEC tournament game, and he played fairly well. I mean, they played better with him on the court. I think he was five for seventeen, so it wasn't a great game. But um, uh, you know, I think I think they're they're pretty good. You know, talented team. Florida State, you know, another team that like not as much as last year when I think they were a three seed, but you know, a team that looked better in December than they do now. There's there's a few. Uh, you know, that you know we saw one obviously all year with ASU, but. Um, you know, I, I'm going with Missouri there. It's a toss-up game. I have a Xavier over them. I got South Dakota State beating Ohio State. Um, I, I think this, admittedly, you know, I've never watched them play. But, you know, 13-1 and in their conference, ran through their conference tournament. They have a, a big man who's supposed to be really good. Um, they can you know, score. They score they almost can. 85 they points can. a game. So I, I'm going with that upset there. But I'm going with Gonzaga and Gonzaga to beat them. And then, well, I gave away. I'm going with Gonzaga over Xavier in the Sweet 16 as well. And I've got Xavier over Gonzaga. Flip to the bottom. Houston's been good all year. I'm taking San Diego State. I'm biased. Are you? I don't know why. Uh, I just... I'm taking Houston. I think San Diego. I mean, San Diego State only got in because they went through the Mountain West tournament. They, you know, they wouldn't have gotten at large otherwise. Um, taking Houston, taking Michigan, and taking Houston to beat Michigan. I think Michigan's, uh, you know, momentum is halted by the fact that they had to wait, you know, almost two weeks to play again. They played so well in the Big Ten tournament, but then, you know, you have a week and a half before you play another game. I don't think that helps them. And it's kind of a, you know, I guess I'd say the same a little bit of Ohio State. I don't think the Big Ten tournament being so early is going to be beneficial. I don't think it hurts Michigan State because I think Michigan State has a coach who knows how to coach the NCAA tournament. But for everybody else, I think that's a big factor. Well, I mean, you and I just diametrically opposed in this region. (laughs) I've got Michigan's advancing over San Diego state on the bottom half. uh, I've got the Friars over Texas A&M. 
Me too. And UNC, and then I've got Michigan over UNC. Okay. Well, I've got uh, I've got Providence over A and M. A and M, another team running theme here, uh, much better in December than they are now. Um, not sure how they became an automatic tournament team. Like they they limped through the SEC, and for them to get a seven seed, I don't know how. Um, but Providence played well at the end. You know, took Villanova to OT in the Big East final. Coach ripped his pants, worked through it. I respect that. Uh, you know, so I, I like them going there. But I've got Carolina over them, and I've got Carolina over Houston going to the Elite Eight. With the Zags going back to their second straight Final Four over Carolina. And I have the Musketeers over Michigan. Okay. Well, so one region we had uh, the same, but this one we, we go very different. The West might dictate your and my uh, who wins. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's go to the South. We'll save the East okay. because you've already teased Villanova. So let's go to the South. Yeah. Um, UVA. I, I, I've got chalk on the top half. UVA, Creighton, Kentucky, Arizona. I pretty much do. I think I took K-State over Creighton. That's not much of an upset. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, other than that, I, I would probably go with that. But I'm, I'm, going, uh, I'm going Virginia and Kentucky in the Sweet 16 and Virginia over Kentucky to get to the Elite Eight. Well, I've got Arizona coming out of the Wildcat uh, Boise regionals because it's the Davidson, the Kentucky, yes, the Arizona. Yep. Yep. So I've got Arizona advancing, and then I've got Arizona over UVA. You're you're gonna hate where my bracket goes, Matt. You're oh, just- I'm I'm all I'm in on UVA. I think this is a good team. I I've been skeptical, um, but I'm I'm kind of ta- I've talked myself out of the skepticism. They went 31 and two in the ACC, which is probably the best conference in the country. Um, they play great defense. They have a you know veteran team and a coach who's ready to break through, and I think they might be this year's Gonzaga. They you know they've heard all year, oh you can't win the big one, oh you can't get over the hump, and I think they do this year. Flipping down to the bottom half, um, I've got Loyola over Miami. Me too. Missouri Valley champs. Uh, They're always like good. That team. They are. They are. They won the regular season and the tournament. Uh, Miami was you know. Yeah, a good team, but not a great team this year. I mean, never really, never really separated themselves. So I think that one's a that one to me doesn't even really feel like picking an upset. I think Loyola is just as good as Miami. And then I've got Tennessee. Yeah, um, me too. And then I'm going with Shaka and Texas. I did too in the first round. Yeah. No further than that, but yeah, you know, Nevada got beat in the Mountain West tournament badly. So it makes me wonder: Are they, you know, have they faded some? Um, and, and, you know, Texas is, is a, Texas are a really good defensive team. They struggle to score, but good on defense. And, uh, yeah, I've got them there, but I got them losing to Cincinnati in a game that might be like, you know, 42 to 40 because those are two really good defenses. They don't score much. Yeah, I've got the Bearcats and Tennessee in the Sweet 16 with Cincinnati taking on Arizona in the Elite Eight. I got, I got Virginia and Cincinnati and Virginia get to that Final Four, as I sort of already said. I've got... Sean Miller potentially making and then having vacated his first Final Four appearance. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's flip over to the East. How how far do you have Villanova going? Just tell me right now. Well, I <coughs> probably shouldn't because it sort of gives away my ultimate pick. But I'll tell you, i got to win in the whole thing. See, I had a feeling you would. I, I had yeah. them making it to the Final Four, but I don't know how they'll do against uh, Michigan State. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I think, you know, uh, it comes down to, you know, a lot of veterans. Jalen Brunson's probably the player of the year in the country. 
Jay Wright has, you know, been there and done that, been to multiple Final Fours, won a title two years ago. So, I, I you know, yeah, I mean, I'm giving away my final pick, obviously, but uh, I, I took them to win the whole thing. Now, am I, you know, saying they're head and shoulders better than, you know, everyone? No. I mean, I, I think there's probably 10 to 15 teams you could pick to win and and have a reasonable argument, you know. Um, you know, I think probably every one seed, every two seed, and then sprinkle in a handful of the three, fours, and fives. And, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that's crazy. If you want to pick Kentucky to win the whole thing, I wouldn't say you're crazy. They got the talent to do it. Um, you know, so it, it's it's a it's a mix. I don't think, you know, any team here is so much better than everybody else. But I, I'm giving them the ultimate nod. I don't think they make it past Michigan State. But let's talk about how Villanova gets there for you in the okay. East. Uh, I, I've got Alabama – over Vitek. Yeah, me too. Avery Johnson. Got to go with my uh, former Spurs legend maker of the 1999 championship winning shot. Got to give him at least one win. And only one. Uh, and yeah, then, I think that's it. Yeah. And then I've got West Virginia and Wichita State with West Virginia over the Shockers. Me too. Me too. That, that was a tough one. I, I, I could talk myself into either West Virginia or Wichita State or both getting beat in the first round. But I went with both. Uh, you know, I... And, and West Virginia's press is tough. And so, I, you know, I give them the nod over them. I, I wanted to take Wichita State, but they just they felt like a team that was kind of right there all year, about to break through, but never could. You know, they, they lost in the American semifinals in a game that they had, you know, looked like they'd come back and taken the lead, and they lost it at the end. They're, just, they're a good team, but they never quite got to the level of great that I thought they might. Yeah, I, I just think that, much like how we talked about, you know, Syracuse and their zone, teams yeah. don't press. So when you get, no. you know, that was part of what made, you know, VCU under Smart so good. Was right. all of a sudden you show up and these teams, Arkansas back in the day. That havoc. Yeah. You know? yep. uh, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's a tough style. Now, the, the thing about West Virginia that you wonder about is, you know, they, they are not a great scoring team on a consistent basis. And boy, have they had a hard time finishing games this year. They, the two games against Kansas, they were up by, you know, double digits with less than five minutes to go both times and lost both. Um, so you wonder about, you know, them in a, in a tight game, can they finish? But I have them to the Sweet 16, obviously no further. Since I gave away, I've got Villanova winning the whole thing. I can't go further than that. But, I, I you know, again, wouldn't shock me if they got beat in the first round. So it's kind of a hedge. I got them to the Sweet 16, but I'm not, I'm not overly in love with them. On the bottom half, I take my fourth 11th seed, whoever comes out of the Bonnies UCLA over Florida. Yeah, I, got, I, I say it's St. Bonnies. I think that's a good team. I really do. They uh, Maybe I'm a little bit of bias because I follow uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, however it's pronounced on uh, Twitter for NBA News, and he's a St. Bonnies alum. But I, you know, and he tweets about them all the time. But I'm like, that's, that's a pretty good team. I don't think they should be in a play-in game. I really don't. I think they were underseeded here. Uh, I think they beat UCLA and beat Florida. I think that that should have been Oklahoma's spot, but that's just me. I do too. I do too. Yeah. Um, then I've got Texas Tech over Stephen F. Austin and them advancing yeah. to the Sweet 16. Me too. Me too. On the bottom half, Arkansas over Butler, but I I could be talked out of that between here and. That's yeah, a toss-up game. I, I took Arkansas as well, um, you know. Uh, but again, it's a game that I could go either way. Yeah. And then I've got Purdue, Texas Tech, with Texas Tech advancing to the same lead thing. eight and dropping same to thing. Villanova. Yep, that's exactly the same. Then. 
So final fours, we both have Villanova. We both have Michigan State. Yeah. I have Arizona and Xavier. You've got Gonzaga and UVA. Yes. Obviously, you have Villanova over Michigan State. I go the other way. I've got Sparty winning that and then facing Sean Miller's Wildcats and beating them for the national title okay. to Michigan State. Well, I got the winner coming out of that side as I gave away with Villanova. I got Villanova over Virginia. I'm going to say one versus two in the championship game. They've been the top two in the country the last uh, you know, month, six weeks or so. It seems like they separated themselves and go with them. And I think a, a low-scoring battle, Virginia you know, has the streak. I don't think they've allowed over 70 points all year. I don't think they will, but I think they still get beat. 65-62, I believe, was my final score. I had 68-61, which, okay. I, which I picked before I picked my teams because I just figured that felt like a, a good score. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to pick Virginia. I really did. Cause I, I kind of hope they do it. I, I've, I've kind of, uh, I've gone from a month ago, basically having the attitude of, Oh yeah, Virginia, I roll, they'll choke again to almost like thinking, you know, I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about how they choke. I want them to do it. I want Tony Bennett to shut everybody up and, and get this team all the way there. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. They're, you know, they've gotten to this level a lot. They've gotten they to being they a one and seed, admittedly they, a favorite. You know, they choked a couple of years ago. I mean, they, they choked badly in the Elite Eight. They, they were playing Syracuse. They had a big lead at the half, and they totally gacked. And there's no, you know, no other way to say it. Um, a couple other years, they've had tough draws. They One year, I know they got they were a one or two seed, but they had to face Michigan State second round, and they got beat. You know, I mean, and so they've... They've had some difficult seedings or, or mashups, um, and they've had some collapses, no question. But I just I think this team's different. Um, maybe I'll be wrong, you know. But I I guess part of me gets frustrated at the notion that like if you don't make the final four, then you know it doesn't mean anything what you did all year. I think that's incorrect. Um, you know they they deserve a lot of credit for what they've done over the last several years. And no, they haven't been to the final four. But that guy's built a heck of a program there um, without any stars. I mean, you know, name me the last time they had a, a you know, a lottery pick. Uh, not under him, I don't believe. You know, so he has done it with just recruiting good, solid players. You know, Malcolm Brogdon was there. I know he was rookie of the year last year, but he was a second round pick. You know, he wasn't he wasn't an elite blue chip talent. Um, and everybody else, I'm not sure they put, you know, maybe maybe more than him in the NBA the last few years. So it's just a good, solid program that plays really good defense, and I'm kind of finding myself rooting for them. Yeah, I mean, look, they're an easy team to root for. It's been kind of like Gonzaga in that it's been a run yes. up to get it here. Has, and it's, it's very similar to Gonzaga, not over the long haul that I mean, Gonzaga has, you know. I mean, this is the 20th straight year Gonzaga's in the tournament, which is startling we, we should not ignore how amazing that is for a program like that to have a run like this um you know but they they had a lot more good teams that came up a little short here or there you know one one game short two games short virginia hasn't been going that long but they have had a run now of several years in a row where they have knocked on the door haven't quite been able to walk in the door so i'm i'm hoping this is the year they do and i'm not really a virginia fan i just think it'd be cool to see yeah no, it makes total sense. I am not a Michigan State fan, but look, their their coach knows. You said it. Yeah. Their coach knows how to coach these games. He does. 
he does. I mean, he's been to a ton of Final Fours, um, you know, only one title, which is kind of amazing. You know, you think about you think about how much tournament success he's had, and you think he had more than one national championship. But that shows you in some ways, and that's my point about Virginia too. The tournament is so arbitrary, it really is. I mean, you know, it's not. It's often not the best team who wins. A lot. Sometimes it is. Um, last year probably was North Carolina was was probably the best team in the country, or certainly one of the very few. Um, but you know, I go back what three or four years. UConn won as the seventh seed. They weren't the best team in the country. You know, they got hot and and they they beat some teams in front of them. And you know, so it, it's it's kind of an arbitrary format. And um, you know, it's entertaining. That's that's what it exists for. But it's not really the best way to determine who the best team is. If you wanted to do that, you'd play series, and they're not going to do that because that takes away the drama. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, as I went through this, if you told me to do it again and scramble it up, mm-hmm. I, you know, I I could have a completely different Final Four. I, oh, I could too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I there's nobody, again, I mean, as much as I'm, I'm touting, you know, I think Villanova and Virginia are the best two teams, and, and I think they've proven that, again, over the course of a five-month season, I believe they've proven that. But could they get beat in the Sweet 16? Sure. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, would it be a, a stunner if Virginia lost to Kentucky or Arizona? I don't think so. I mean, it would not be. Um, would it be a stunner if Villanova lost to West Virginia or Wichita State? No. You know, I mean, I, I think once you get to the top, you know, 15, 20 teams, there isn't that much difference. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think, you know, you give the nod to coaching, you give the nod to defense and veterans, but who knows? I mean, maybe Duke gets hot, wins the whole thing, like they did, you know, three years ago. Um, you know, it, it maybe Kentucky has found something in the SEC tournament. I don't know. You know, I mean, there's there's teams that have a lot of talent. We're kind of up and down, but maybe they're going to find their stride at the right time. It's, it's happened before. Yeah, well, I mean, it's entirely possible that in Omaha, Kansas, you know, can have a huge home crowd and take sure. out Auburn and Michigan State or Clemson. Oh, sure, Mid- sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference really between number one and number twenty. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, I mean, and that's not to knock Virginia or Villanova. They're good teams and they've earned their spots in the one and two spots, but. You know, talent-wise, I mean, Kentucky's got more talent than Virginia. I think that's probably fair to say. Uh, you know, if they were to play, you know, Kentucky's certainly going to have more NBA draft picks. Certainly going to probably have long-term more NBA players and all-stars. Doesn't mean they'll win, but, you know, I mean, it, like I said, would it be a shocker? No. I mean, they're, they're a really solid team with a lot of talent. So it's, uh, you know, once you get to the Sweet 16, I think it's kind of, you know, you throw them all up in the air and, they could fall anyway. Matt and I do not have corporate champions because no one sponsors us because no one listens. But we have friends. And our friends who listen, Powell's, uh, the whole family, not just Greg, Brady, who is the only one who regularly tweets, right. um, and Pat Richardson, who is no longer on social media, but who did text me to ask for the bracket to come up for being invited. <laughs> um To all of you, thank you for your support and your loyalty and for, if you made it this far, bearing with my incredibly weird-sounding voice and coughing in the background of Matt's excellent points, which is probably distracting and really annoying. We made it through. We made it through, yes. You know, hey, you can't can't always be on, but I think we we soldiered through very well. But uh, 
get into the bracket, make your picks, beat Matt and I. It's not that hard. Powell does it in the bowl picks every year. Um, and until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.